0: Bye. Uh-huh. Thank you.
1: Lord today, such a beautiful day outside with this great sunshine we're all having today. So we want to worship the Lord today, this, this, uh, this morning. So let's sing this old hymn of the church, Prayer Bells of Heaven. Worship the Lord this morning. unto the Lord today. Let's worship and pray together. Father, we love you and we glorify your name. Father, we pray today, Lord, that you would bless this offering that we're about to receive. Bless the gift and the giver. Bless those that have to give and those that may not. If there's someone here today who cannot give for whatever reason, I pray today, God, that at some point in time you would bless them to be able to give just so they can show back how much they are thankful for all that you've done for them. Father, I pray you'd be with the remaining portion of this service, Lord, that every song that is sung, every note that is played, Every word that is given be for the glory and the honor of Jesus Christ. And for that we give you the praise and the glory and the honor in Christ Jesus we pray. In the body of Christ said amen. Amen. will you bring him to this time during our meet and greet. God bless. a privilege to have you in service with us today. I'm sure you all you can be seated for a few moments. I'm sure you all are enjoying this beautiful weather that we're having. I feel like I'm in like a tropical Amazon rainforest. It's cold and it's rainy. And if it's going to be cold in in January, at least let's see some snow. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to not have to stay long. It can evaporate, but let it at least be pretty for a day or so. And um, and so I can at least make snow cream once. So. Uh, but, uh, but we're so glad you have joined us today in worship. Uh, I want to say to all of our first-time guests, if you have not already done so, in the seat uh, in front of you, there should be a connection card. Some of you may have already been uh, greeted by one of our hospitality members at the front door, and they probably already, if Miss Ann or some of these fine ladies happen to see you come in, they've already got your name and information. But we're not going to send you unsolicited mail. We're not going to send you coupons to Hardee's. We're just... Wanting to know who you are. So if I see you in town, I can put a name with the face and just let you know uh, things that are going on around our property and our campus. Uh, It is such a good crowd for such a cold and rainy day. Uh, I was actually thinking this morning that half of you would stay home. So I'm glad you proved me wrong today. But uh, we do have a couple announcements I just want to make mention to you. If you did bring your kids this morning, we love having them. We also want you to take them home with you. So make sure when church is over, you go to the kids' wing. Uh, student ministry building and sign your kids out we love your kids we just don't keep them so uh, take them home with you we are on the home stretch church of our 21 days of fasting and prayer we got one week to go i don't know if anybody in this room is more excited about the final week than my wife she is ready for her coffee and sweets again she literally was laying down last night and she said how many more days do we have i said we have we have till next sunday she said Okay, I can make it seven more days, but she is counting down that coffee uh, and uh, sweets. And so if you want to still get a prayer guide, out there in the Welcome Center out there. There's a sheet you can follow along of prayers. Tomorrow night will be our last of our prayer services on Monday. Uh, we're just going to have a time. Again, last week we had about eight or so of us come out. And we just prayed, and boy, we had a good time. The Lord just was in the house, and we just prayed together. We didn't have a bunch of singing but we just prayed together, and man, you could feel the presence of the Lord in the room. And I believe that same spirit can transcend our services on Sunday and make services on Sunday be amazing. And so we are a part of that. And in part of that, we're going to finish next week's All Fast with a snack night after church on Sunday night. So prepare all your goodies on Sunday night after church. Listen, I have fasted sweets and desserts and meats. I've only been eating fruits and vegetables and drinking water. I don't care if you bring squirrels. I'm going to eat that next Sunday. I want meat, like I'm missing that, so you can bring possum, if you don't tell me, I'm going to try it, I'm just telling you, so if it's something you think I may not eat, don't tell me what it is, just let me eat it first, but uh, we want to uh, share with that together. Our leadership training will be also the end of this month, we've been in a series called Fresh Start, if you're new to the church, you can always hear any of our services on Apple and Google Podcasts, they're always put out. Uh, you can always stream online. We have online viewers. So, to all our online guests, we welcome them to church. Can we just give a hand of welcome to our online church today? Uh, all of the information is on the church website. If you want to know any more about our church, you can also use our church. Download the church app called Our Church. And when you bring it up, it'll just ask you to put in Santee Circle COG, and it'll tell you everything. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're everywhere. You can find us. You can find what we're doing around here. And finally, let me just say thank you to all for visiting us today. If you, we hope you feel right at home, and we'll come again real soon. If you need anything, please let one of our hospitality members know. I know Miss Ann is in the nursery this morning, but Miss Nina is here. Miss Sandy is here on the property. There's others that will be glad to help you if you have any questions uh, regarding the property today. Before those come to lead scripture and prayer, I do have a couple requests that I really want us to be mindful of today. Uh, Brother Stan Frierson, one of our council members, uh, his sister, uh, whose name is Ann, has been sent home on hospice, and we want to make sure we pray for her and Brother Stan and their family. Uh, Miss Tana, uh, her sister Tanya has a little boy named Deglin. Uh, he has been battling some sickness. He went to hospital. He went to get checked out on Thursday night. They thought it was just some some things going on with his ears. So they They irrigated it out and did some things, and um, he was kind of sick. They did a chest x-ray because he wasn't feeling too good, and he had pneumonia in one lung. And uh, as of last night, uh, we think potentially that there's a chance his eardrum, there's some infection and things, his eardrum may have actually burst. And uh, he now has double pneumonia in both lungs, high fevers. He is in uh, the hospital locally here. Um, His oxygen levels are not staying at where they'd like them to be. And so he is a sick little boy. We want to pray for little Deglin today. Sister Mary Weaver's niece, Ashley, uh, if you've been around, um, that's why her and Brother Wendell are not here today. Her niece was uh, murdered this past week in North Carolina. They did apprehend the suspect, uh, but they are there in North Carolina today doing the homegoing service uh, of the untimely passing of her niece, Ashley. And Sister Ashley Harley woke up this morning with severe abdominal pain. And sickness and uh, was potentially on her way to the ER to find out why she has been over double in pain So there's a lot of stuff that's going on Uh, There are others who have family members uh, that are sick and just what you want to make mention of them There's a lot of unspoken So I'm going to ask those leading scripture and prayer to come lead at this time and then immediately following that We'll jump right back into worship. God bless you this morning
2: Good morning and squirrel is good. just has to be pan-fried. Yeah, pan-fried. There you go. Uh, and there will be coffee Sunday night. I'll guarantee it. Okay. Uh, has the Lord been good to you this week? He's been good to me. I know he's answered prayer. Uh, Chris told me that his mom is cancer-free and that the doctor says there's still some issues going on. But I don't know about you. I've been lifting her up in prayer every night and uh, that everything went uh, doctor would check out and everything would be well, um, she still has some things she's got to go through, but it ain't cancer, and that's a wonderful gift of the Lord, so in Psalms 145, the Lord upholdeth all that fall, and raiseth up all those he be bowed down, the eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season, thou openest thine hand, and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, and to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He will also hear their cry and will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. I tell you what. I was looking through this week and trying to find my scripture. It starts, by the way, I'm sorry, Psalm 145, verse 14 is where it starts. Uh, it, it just lifted me up. Everything should praise the Lord. Everybody should praise the Lord. He lifts us up. He keeps us. He provides for us. We just have to be excited about it and thank him for everything he's done. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Kind heavenly, Father, we do thank you and praise your holy name, Lord, for everything you've done for us. We thank you, Lord, for touching us, for delivering us. Being there when we needed you the most. Lord, we pray for those that have been brought for us this morning, Lord. You know the needs in each of these families, the comfort that is needed for Sister Mary Weaver and her family. Lord, this child is battling pneumonia and possibly has a birth eardrum. You know the needs in that child's life. Ashley Harley, Lord, be with her as she goes. You to be able to do that. Lord, we ask that you will intercede on behalf of those, lift them up and strengthen them. Help us, Lord, to be able to do as you would have us to do. Lord, be with the minister this morning and he delivers your word that we can use that word this coming week, Lord, for thy glory. We ask all this in Jesus' holy, precious name. Amen.
1: Amen. Will you worship with Sister Sherry as she comes this morning to lead us in a special song? things around for the good so this morning we're going to declare that in a song format this morning that what the devil meant for evil god can make it good and there's a lot of us we've got a lot of stuff going on we have a lot of requests we brought before the body but i believe god can turn some of those requests around while we're worshiping the lord today so let's worship together the first and the last. And Lord, we just are going to declare that today, that we worship you. And Lord, give you all the glory and the honor. And praise to your name. For you are alive. you truly are alpha and omega the beginning and the end the first and the last god there is no more words that have ever been spoken more true than the last line of that song you are worthy to be praised nothing else in this world matters nothing else in this world takes precedence over the presence of god you are worthy to be praised god so we do give you all the glory and all the honor and all the worship and god we feel your presence in this house god i'm asking today as we get ready to break the bread of life that only you do what you can do you come down in your glory and the manifestation of your power and your presence and just hover and reside and just saturate this place, permeate this place with your presence. Let us feel your glory and your honor and the sweet moving of your Holy Spirit in this place. God, whether we get through the message or not, whether we have prayer meeting or not, whether people get saved or not, it's all in your hands. We want to worship and glorify and magnify the name of the Lord. We have come into this house and gathered in his name to worship and uplift the name of Jesus. I can't I came to magnify the Lord and exalt His name. I've come with one purpose. It's not to socialize. It's not to hang out. But it's come to be with my brothers and sisters in the Lord and worship the God of creation, to worship my Savior, to worship my soon-coming King. You are Alpha and Omega. You will come again and receive us unto yourself. We are worshiping you today. You are worthy, Lord, to be praised in this house today for that, Lord, we just ask that your presence go with us, the remaining portion of this service today, in the name that is above every name, Christ Jesus our Lord, we pray and ask in the body of Christ together, said amen, amen, before you're seated, I'm going to ask you to grab your Bibles and go with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 61, I won't make you stand long, but I do think we should honor the reading of God's word today, We stand up when dignitaries walk into the room. We stand up when presidents and royalties and people of high regard walk into the room. But there is nobody greater than Jesus Christ in this place today. You're not standing up for me and you're not standing up to honor me. You're standing up to honor the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I do believe He's got a word for us today. One of the things I love about fasting is during the fast, it seems like God just just shows up and shows out during seasons of fasting. And I am excited to preach the word of God to you today. I don't know if you're going to be you're going to be as excited to hear it, but I'm excited to tell it to you. And so we're going to do that together. Let's read together. So uh, Isaiah 61 began reading in verse number one. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has appointed me and anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and open the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of our Lord and the day of vengeance to our God, to comfort the mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. We just talked about that. The oil of joy for mourning. But notice the words, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness and the planting of the Lord and that He may be glorified and they shall rebuild the old ruins and they shall... Raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities and the desolation of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you shall be named the priest of the Lord. Then you shall call the, be called the servants of our God. You will eat the riches of Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast. Indeed of your shame you shall have double honor, indeed of thy confusion. They will rejoice in their portion, therefore their land shall be possessed double, everlasting joy shall be theirs, for I, the Lord, love justice, I hate robbery of burnt offerings, we could talk about that, That he was talking about the tithes and offerings, I will direct their work in truth, I will make them an everlasting covenant, their descendants shall be known among the Gentiles, their offspring, among the people, all those who see shall acknowledge them, and they shall have prosperity whom the Lord has blessed. Now here's where we're going to focus. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, and my soul shall be joyful in my God, for He has clothed Me with the garment of salvation. He has covered me with robes of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its bud, and as the garden causes the things which are sown to spring forth, so the Lord god will cause the righteous and praise to spring forth from all the nations i've come this morning to tell you in this season this is a new year this is a new year and some of us need some new clothes ladies that should have been where you shouted amen with the preacher this morning i just gave you permission this is a new year we've been on a series called fresh starts and we've been talking about getting a fresh start with god So I've come by to tell somebody this morning this is a new year and there can be a new you and it's time to lay off the garments of heaviness, lay off the addictions, lay off the struggle. A new year, a new you, and honey, let's go shopping. It's time for some new clothes. Let's pray together. In the name that is above every name, our Lord and Savior, we come before you right now and we present this word to you today. It is not me that is preaching, but you that is speaking, Lord. Hide me behind the cross of Calvary, and let everything that is said and done be for the glory of you. Let us not be hearers only of the word, but doers there likewise, and let us hear from heaven. And let the word go forth, take a coal from the altar of heaven, and anoint these. Lips of clay, this humble servant of the Lord and vessel, let it not be me that is seen, but you that is seen and heard. And God, let us go out of this place being able to say, I was truly glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord our God. And for that, Lord, we commit this word into the loving arms of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. And the people of God together said, Amen. 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 If you can be seated, you may do so at this time in the presence of the Lord multiple times in the gospel or excuse me in the prophetic writing of Isaiah he is writing about the acceptable year of the lord multiple times in this passage we have read just in the short verses that we have read today the word garments or clothes mentioned multiple times anytime in scripture that you have the word Um, repeated multiple times that means the Lord is trying to tell us something, it should be an indicator of why it's constantly being repetitive we have garments of praise for spirit of heaviness, we have garments of righteousness, we have robes of righteousness, garments of salvation, coverings, God's talking about a, a metaphorical analogy of clothes now I say all that to say this I love getting new clothes, I love being able to get new clothes Though my wife's closet is twice as big as mine and is completely full more than mine, that's okay. It's probably a good thing because if the roles were reversed, I'd have that closet full of clothes. I have to be smart with my clothes because I love shirts and suits and ties and shoes. In fact... Uh, brother, I'm so glad that Carrie Ann and her family were able to make it back this morning. When Brother Gaines walked in this morning, and I, at first I didn't think he had a tie on, and then when he turned around during meet and greet, and I saw the bow tie and I saw the pattern, I said, Oh God, I wonder if they make that in the preacher's size. I was, I was almost to the fringe of coveting. I was not quite there because I knew I had to preach and it's not good for the preacher to already be sinning before he preaches. So I stopped just shy of that but I thought, gosh, if I could fit in that clothes I would, have, I would figure out where to find that outfit because I could rut that real well on Sunday morning. Got the polka dots on the shirt. I would have to do it before my wife saw me leave the house because she likes me to be a little more calm and look a little bit more put together in, in, in uh, what I call... Uh, solid colors and things but I'm all about the the flamboyant and so I saw that and I'd have all that suits and ties and shirts as a kid many of you like me probably got traditional Christmas socks and Christmas undergarments and and T-shirts and all that stuff and you kind of were like Really, Mom? That's what I got. But every so often, you'd get a box, and it'd have a new sweatshirt, or it'd have a, a, a new, you know, I know Brother Storm is, is uh, getting ready to go to the Citadel, and we're so glad to have Steele with us this morning, his older brother, who already is for the Citadel, the long snapper, and, uh, and also my personal bodyguard. You make me mad, I'll put him on you today, and uh, he will take care of you for me. I have three armed s- uh, security on this side of the church. But uh, the point to be made is, they, you know, they, maybe they got a Citadel sweatshirt one year because they knew they were going, in, and that's something that's exciting. It's better than just Walmart t-shirts, you know, it's like, that's a lot better than that Walmart t-shirt we got, you know, and, and so sometimes at Christmas, I'd get a new sweatshirt or a new ball cap, or, or sometimes even new shoes, and man, I, you know, sometimes they were like, Mom, you really picked this, I wish you'd let me pick it out, but, but sometimes I loved it. It was, just, it was exciting, it was new clothes, it was, it was something to enjoy. And it was amazing. But you see, clothes are designed more than just coverage for body. Because there are different types of clothing for different events and for different reasons. You don't go play football, basketball, or baseball in a $600 suit. You just don't do it. You might think about it, but that's the stupidest idea you can come up with because that's going to get messed up really quick. I have never seen... Anytime on a Saturday afternoon when I lock myself away in deep meditation and prayer and fasting over the South Carolina Gamecocks football team on a Saturday afternoon, I have never seen them one time ever wear a three-piece suit to play the football. Never. Sometimes they, their uniforms are pretty ugly looking, but, but I've never seen them in a suit. They wear a uniform, which is another form of clothing. You don't see when you, you know, when you're going to a, a formal event, you're going to something that is a black tie event, you don't wear shorts and t-shirts, you put on your best suit or tuxedo because you know everybody walking into the gala or to the ballroom is going to be decked out, so you don't go looking like you just crawled out of your pajamas in bed, though most people in Berkeley County go to Walmart like that. That's not how you normally go to church, and to go to corporate gatherings. And so sometimes clothes can have different functionalities and purpose. I was told one time of a story of a man who was returning home from doing missions work. He was a foreign missionary, and he decided that he was going to come off the mission field for some time. And so he was hired on at a large uh, mega church and was going to be the senior associate pastor, kind of like the assistant head coach of a football team. He was the next guy in charge. He showed up the first service of the weekend that he was hired and he was wearing the same dress shoes that he had been using on the mission field. They weren't awful, but you could tell they had been worn. They had some dust marks on them and they had seen better days because they had been used on the mission field. During the opening song, the senior pastor leaned over to his new associate sitting right beside him and said, do we not pay you enough money here to survive? The associate was kind of taken back but answered, of course, sir, well compensated. The pastor then replied, well, if you can't afford a new pair of dress shoes, let me know and I'll get you some this week. At first, the associate was somewhat offended and taken back by this, if you will, crude reply. And so he asked, why the sharp urgency? Why, why just the sharpness of go buy new dress shoes? The pastor put his arm around him and said this. He said, we, put, we are on TV and do multiple broadcasts a week online. We have hundreds that come to our church and support us financially. I do not want them to look up on this stage and see your shoes and think that we don't take care of the things God has entrusted in our care. Remember, son, new platforms require new shoes. And I thought about that one time. Sometimes people come to God with just their old self. But when Jesus saves us, we're supposed to put off the old and put on something new. Because new platform means new shoes. You can't still live for Jesus and sin on Saturday night. Come on, preacher. The reality of it is, if you're going to wear the garments of righteousness, you got to put off the clothes of sin. And the reality of it is, when you go into different levels with God, I hate to tell you this, and if I, if I offend you, I apologize in advance, But the the higher you go in your relationship with God, the lesser of things you're going to, I mean, the more things you're going to have to let go of along the way. See, if you try to hold on to everything, you're only going to get so far because when your hands are full, you can't lift them up to Jesus. Sometimes you've got to lay aside every way so that your hands are free to lift them up for Jesus. Sometimes you have to let things go so you can go to another level. So I started thinking about that today. We've been talking about this series of fresh starts. So I want to talk about today briefly. God's desire for all of us to have a wardrobe change. So for all you ladies in the house, the pastor is giving you permission, not physically but spiritually, to get new clothes today. All you men in the house, though you've probably been wearing the same undergarments for the last three days because you just don't care anymore because you don't want to do laundry, I'm here to tell you spiritually speaking, I'm going to give you the opportunity for new clothes today because when you go to certain dimensions with God, you've got to change your wardrobe. And I'm not talking about just wearing a suit and tie on Sunday morning. We're going to talk about five people real quick in the Bible that they had to put off some old clothes and put on some new ones because the old clothes didn't work anymore. We're going to talk about that, this fresh start. What are some of the garments, Pastor, that you think we should lay off? Well, we need to lay off the garments of sin. We need to lay off the garments of shame. We need to lay off the garments of depression, isolation, abandonment, rejection. Jesus died on a cross not for us to wear clothes of depression, clothes of sin, and clothes of shame, but he said he died so we can have robes of righteousness. I want to tell you today, Jesus didn't die for you to stay where you are. He died so you can go to somewhere you've never been before. So the first guy I'm going to talk about is a guy by the name of Lazarus. Lazarus. Here's what Lazarus, you know the story. John 11. Look at it with me. And he who had died, Lazarus had died. You know, Mary and Martha, they called for Jesus. Jesus comes, he weeps. John 11:35, 35, Jesus wept. He gets to the tomb and he cries out, Lazarus, come forth. Notice the scripture. Don't misread the Bible. We're still talking about garments. He who had died come out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. That's clothing, y'all. He wasn't naked. He had grave clothes. And his face was wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said to them, let him, just, just let him stay in his grave clothes. Is that what he said? No. Loose him and let him go. What does that mean? Let him go change his clothes. He's not dead anymore. So what does he teach us? Grave clothes aren't designed for living closets. Sometimes people are holding on to things that should have got outside of the closet a long time ago. There's too many people got a lot of stuff they're hiding in their closets, but the Bible says the things that we hide in secret, the Lord will show up openly and he'll make it manifested openly. There are some of us that need to go through our spiritual closets and do an inventory and some of us need to do a purging. I know that's hard for us to hear that word, but some of us need a spiritual purging or cleansing. We need to go and take the clothing of bad movies and take it out the closet. Filthy attitudes, take it out the closet. Curse words, take it out the closet. Infidelity. Take it out the closet. Lusting after other people's spouses, out the closet. Lying out the closet. Some of us need to take off garments that are leading for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life. We've got to get rid of the funeral clothes in the closet because they weren't designed for the living among the dead. You can't expect to be having funeral clothes in your spiritual closet because you're not. If you're planning on dying spiritually, that means you're not going to heaven. So if you're already preparing for your spiritual funeral clothes, you're going to hell. I'm just going to be frank. Because the Bible says that to be absent from the body, to be present in the Lord, you're more alive in heaven than you are here. In fact, right now, you're in the process of decaying and dying right now. But when you get to heaven, you don't age. Praise God for that. I hope I look amazing. I hope I look like Ryan Gosling for the rest of my life. No flaws, nothing. And I don't even have to pay for the Botox. I just look that good naturally. So we get to heaven, everything's glorified. It's, it's perfect. I'm not spiritually going to hang up my wardrobe of, of of death, if you will, because the Bible says death is the vehicle God uses to take me to heaven. If I'm a child of God, I don't have to be afraid to die. That should be the, my meal ticket to his presence. Grave clothes aren't designed for living closets. Notice what he said. Jesus, the first thing he says, he doesn't say, what's up Lazarus, been a long time buddy, what's for lunch? No. He says Lazarus come forth, the mummified body of Lazarus comes walking out the tomb and Jesus didn't say, hey where are we going for lunch after church Lazarus? You talk about a good church service, you raise dead people up in the middle of church, that's going to be a good church service and people say pastor that don't happen anymore I beg to differ because every time a sinner walks into a search service they are dead in their trespasses and sin but the moment they walk on a, to an old fashioned altar or kneel at a pew or come grab this preacher's tiny little hand and says pastor I want to know Jesus is my Lord and Savior you can think you haven't been to a funeral or not but we just went to a funeral and has a resurrection because he which is dead is now made alive by Christ Jesus I'm telling you every Sunday we should be having resurrection services and putting dead clothes away every Sunday should be a time of celebration when lost souls come to know Jesus Christ so he says lose him let him go the resurrection power has brought new life you see we as the body of Christ live under a new law and that is the law of the Spirit of God we're no longer under the law of sin and death that hasn't power over us anymore because of Jesus in fact the Apostle Paul in Romans 8 and 2 said for the law of the Spirit of Life in Christ Jesus has made me freed from the law of sin and death. Meaning, Jesus took care of what I couldn't cover. He took care of the law and those things. You see, graveyards are not normally places of jubilance, but normally harbingers of sorrow. Most people don't go to a gravesite and have a have a party. They're there to mourn. They're there to grieve. Their heart is broken. They're not there to celebrate the 80th birthday party with cakes and ice cream and gifts. They go to Golden Corral for that. They don't do that in the graveyard. Graveyards are harbingers of sorrow. Some things in our lives must die so that the resurrection power of Christ can make us alive again. Galatians tells us uh, in Galatians Chapter 2 and verse 20, For I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ that lives within me. And this life which now I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of Jesus Christ who loved me and gave Himself for me. I'm not even living my own life. I'm reincarnated with the life of Christ helping me make it through this journey. We must not allow certain things in our lives that were once dead to resurrect some things that God has killed off he meant for them to stay dead not to be resuscitated back to life so that's what Lazarus teaches us what if I told you there was another person we're going to go now to the Old Testament and this person teaches us this mantle anointings aren't for minimal commitments oh boy oh boy Preacher, you're just digging yourself a hole. Yeah, I sure am. We don't, we're do not we not going to have church tonight, and I'll explain that here in just a few more moments at the end of service, why that is, so I can run for another week. So I'm going to get it all out while I can. Everybody wants the anointing, except it comes with a price tag nobody as often wants to pay. Everybody wants to be able to lay hands and the sick recover and do miracles. In fact, if you don't believe it, ask the sons of Sceva. Oh, they wanted the anointing. They wanted to be able to walk in and use it for political purposes and say, oh, oh, you know, in the name of Jesus, come out. And you know what the devil told him? Jesus, I know. Paul, I know, but I don't know who you are. And the demons came out of that guy, beat the snot out of the seven sons of Sceva, made them run home naked. You know what happened? They lost their clothes. What a brainer. They had to go change their clothes, probably for multiple reasons, but they changed their clothes. They got the living snot beat out of them and basically got embarrassed. Why? Because they wanted something they weren't willing to work for or to sacrifice for or to commit to. Oh, everybody wants to have the, the anointing of Moses to see God's face, but nobody wants to will, walk in wilderness places to hear from God like Moses did either. Come on, preacher. So I found a story in the Bible by the name of Elijah and Elisha. They're on a journey. They're getting ready to get to the Jordan River. And Elijah looks to Elisha and says, before I go, what do you what do you want me to do for you? You've followed me. You've been my apprentice. You've been my right-hand man. What do you want? Elisha asked for one request. He said, I want a double portion of what you have, of your anointing. And that sounds great for the church just to say that. The only problem is you better be willing when you make that commitment, you better be willing to pay the price it's getting ready to come for what it costs for it you, be, you might ask God I want a double portion but are you ready for his reply on how you're going to get it so it's symbolized by the mantle of Elijah the anointing was symbolized by that so Elijah said you have to stay by me and see me when I go to meet Jesus you can't abandon this journey you got to stay with me all the way to the end they get to the Jordan River and Elijah gets to the river and he takes off what they call the mantle like his outer coat, and he just skims the water with the top of his jacket, just like so. And the waters roll back, just like they did for the Red Sea. They roll back, and and Elijah and Elisha walk through, across the river. As they're journeying along, all of a sudden, a chariot of fire, escorted by majestic horses of heaven, comes whipping and cuts between Elijah and Elisha, and at the moment's notice, it happens so fast when they, they swept through. When Elisha looks up, Elijah's no longer there. elijah has gone. He's in the whirlwind, charitified. He's gone. He's, he's, he's been teleported to glory. He's not here. But as Elisha looks up in towards the heavens and is watching this phenomenon unfold, out of the air starts floating a jacket slowly from the heavens. And it just keeps coming down down and down until the Bible says it lands on the ground. just lands there. And so before picking up this mantle, Elisha goes over there. Don't risk the Bible. Go back and read. You can read it back in Second Kings chapter number 2. He goes to pick up the mantle that's on the ground and he stops and he looks. The Bible doesn't say he picks it up. It says he tore his current clothes on. He tore his own clothes, the ones he was wearing. He literally, the Bible said, ripped apart his own cloak, his own jacket. He ripped his own... You know what he did? He stripped down, y'all. He stripped himself down. Look what... I'm going to read it to you. I don't want you to miss it. And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and his horsemen. So he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. And then, now he's been, if you will, exposed. Then he picks up the mantle of Elijah and goes back to the brook. See, the old clothes that Elisha was wearing represented who Elisha was. But remember, what did he ask for? A double portion. If I have, if we're doing simple math, even Common Core can do this. If I have one, if I double it, I'm going to get. So he's wearing one cloak. But the Bible said his request was, I want a double portion. Well, you can't wear two garments, so what did he do? He ripped his garment into so that he was representing of this. God, I will come undone before you. I will strip down all of my pride, all of my arrogance. God, I will make myself transparent before you. Whatever it costs me to have, what you want me to have, God, I'll give everything up for you. And he held two pieces of garment, symbolic of his anointing, because you can't wear two coats. You can only wear one coat. So he knew his coat wasn't the one, and then he goes and gets the mantle of Elijah. And he goes to the brook. And he stands there with his new garment. He returns to the Jordan River, which was the last place him and Elijah had this encounter. And he says this. He takes the coat off, and he does the same thing Elijah did. He touches the water and says, Where is the God of Elijah? Not Elisha, Elijah. water's rolled back what was he saying this is really what I think Elisha was saying in that moment God will you do for me what you have shown you can do for others I've seen you heal people like Brenda Burbage so God can you heal Daglin in a hospital today God I've seen you heal people that have been sick with cancer and I've seen you heal people like Veronica that doesn't have cancer so God can you heal Mary Weaver of her cancer God I've seen you be able to do this and do that so can you help stand Friars and sister that's lying on on a bed of affliction what Elisha was really saying is God I've seen you do it before but the same God that did it before is the same God that can do it today so God can you do for me what you did for them and I'm here to tell you yes he can yes he can and yes he will God is the same yesterday today and forevermore I'm telling you this morning whatever you have need of God has it ready for you today he was ready the Bible says that he says where are you can you do it for me man how many people have prayed that prayer God can you do it for me can you do it for me then there's a third guy the guy by the name of David David has multiple wardrobe changes in his life. One time the Ark of the Covenant was coming back from being from the land of the Philistines and he shouted out of his priestly, if you will, his king robe, that his wife got so mad at him for shouting out of his royal regalia and went into peasant clothes That she got ticked off and said, you've embarrassed me in front of everybody. And God closed up her womb because she was trying to say that the garments of praise wasn't for the spirit of heaviness. Hello preacher. You better be careful how you judge people's shout and judge their worship because you don't know how much heaviness they've come through. You better not call out there, shout, you may be the one cursed in the process. But there's another story. David is not going out at the time in the springtime of the time of the kings to go to battle. He stays home. He should have been with his military, but he stays home. And he goes out one day and he's looking over the bow of his palace walls and he sees down in the, the ravine a beautiful young lady taking a bath in the river. He covets her. The sin of lust grips his heart. Her name is Bathsheba. He summons for her and he violates her, if you will, without consent. That day, the king, you couldn't really usurp the king. It was his call. She goes home. In the amount of time it took to discover it, she finds out she's pregnant. Well, she knows her husband Uriah has been at battle. It ain't his baby. There's There's only one other person I've been with, so I know who it belongs to. I know who the baby daddy is. It's the king. So she goes and tries to tell him. Well, David goes into panic mode. He sends for Uriah to come home. The first night he tries to get him drunk. Wait, first night he tries to send him home. He wakes up the next morning, Uriah is sleeping on the front steps of the palace. And David said, I thought I sent you home. He said, I'm not going to go sleep in in my bed with my wife while all my brothers are out there laying their life on the line for your kingdom. So the next day, David said, okay, that's fine. So the next night, David tries to get him drunk and send him home, even in his drunken stupor. Uriah was smarter than a sober king. That should tell you something when drunk people are smarter than sober people. That should send something off in your head. When drunk people have more common sense than, than people that are sober, that should tell you the IQ of the sober people. didn't work, so he didn't know what else to do. So what he did he do? He sent a letter to, jo, uh, to Joab and said, You put him on the front lines, and tomorrow when the battle gets hot, y'all pull back and let him die. Uriah didn't open the letter because it was signed with the king's seal. You couldn't do that or you would die if, it was, if they found out you broke the king's seal before it was arrived to its intended destination. And what happens is they do exactly what David asks. They go to battle. It gets hot. They pull back. Uriah is killed immediately. Word gets back. Bathsheba is crying. David brings her in trying to be the savior, the doting man. I'm so sorry. You lost your husband. Why don't you come? I'll feed you. Because in that day, it was a very misogenic society. Women didn't really have jobs. They didn't have careers. They didn't have a lot of money like that. They were dependent, if you will, on their spouse for things like that. And, and you know that is all throughout Scripture, the story of Naomi and Ruth. I mean, they're dependent on those things. And, and David tries to be the hero of the story. He created the mess, but now he's trying to be heroic in the mess. And Nathan the prophet shows up one day and says, David... There's a problem here. You've done something you know you weren't supposed to do. He says, God's not happy with you. He said, the child your wife bears is going to die. He gives him the analogy, what if Suppose a man had a ewe lamb, only lamb, and another guy in town had a whole flock. And one of his guests, one of his friends came in from out of town and He wanted to prepare him a good meal. So he goes to the man that only had one ewe lamb. And he took it and killed it to provide the meal instead of taking from his own flock. What should you say should happen to that man? And David said, you should kill him right now. And Nathan said, you're the man. You stole the lamb. Then all of a sudden, isn't it funny when God calls you out, you don't like the punishment anymore? David said, kill him. Cut him off. Nathan said, you're the man. David said, now, Lord, have mercy. I didn't mean that. What I was saying, God, was you're a God of justice, but you're a God of love. See, David didn't want to die. Changed his tune real quick there. Some of us, it's easier for us to judge the speck in the brother's eye, but we've got planks in our own. Hello. The reality of it is this. David said, no, no. So the time comes the baby's born. It gets sick. David goes into a shell for seven days. David doesn't eat. He doesn't shave. The Bible says he doesn't change his clothes. He goes into lamenting, sackcloth, ashes, fasting, begging God, Oh, God, save my baby. Oh, God, save my baby. Let me go. Save my baby. Don't take him. Don't take him. Don't take him. Prayer, sometimes pain will push you to prayers you never thought you'd pray. And look at what he does. When David saw that his servants were whispering, David perceived that the child had died. Don't miss the Bible. Watch this story unfold. He asked, is the child dead? They said, sir, he is dead. Now remember, they've watched for seven days. This man, basically not even be the king. He's a shell of a man, locked up in isolation. David hadn't been outside. David hadn't done any king work. He's been isolated. He looks like a a, a scraggly man, with with not shaved, not changed his clothes, hadn't done nothing. He looks rough, church. Because sometimes when life hits you the hardest, you don't feel like doing anything. You're barely surviving, must less got energy to do anything else with it. But when he heard he had died, David arose from the ground. Watch it. Washed and anointed himself and did what? Read it. He did what? He changed his clothes. Because some clothes have to be changed. You can't keep wearing the same wardrobe. He went to the house of the Lord and did what? Worship. Then he went into his own home. And when he requested, they brought food before him and he ate. They're like, what is wrong with this man? He cried and acted like a fool when the baby was dying, the baby's now dead, and now he's acting like everything's normal, and you remember what David said, I, he cannot come back to where I am, but I can go to where he is, so here's what David teaches us, garments of praise oftentimes come out of seasons of pain the reality of it is the louder people shout and the more they worship you better be careful because a lot more hell they've probably been through so they know how to praise God I've seen people they get loud they get boisterous they shout and people after church be like was that really necessary did they really need to be like that and I'd say to them yes it was and they say well pastor that was a little over the top I said no what you don't know is their marriage was falling apart and their husband was running around in town on everybody but I'm telling you God brought them back together and restored their home now they got three beautiful children oh that lady that's up here shouting and speaking in tongues and running the aisles, she knows Knows God. She almost lost everything, but God put her home back together. God gave her a better job. Oh, she's got her alabaster box of worship. You better not judge people the way they worship the Lord, because oftentimes they've been places you can't imagine, walk through places you've never been through. That's why they praise God. They've been places with God you never could imagine. You can't judge that. So the garments of praise come from seasons of pain. It was hard to move on, but it was time to move on. The child could not be brought back. Can I tell you, living in the land of what-ifs and whys will not change the outcome. It still is the same outcome. Some of us need to change our clothes. Some of us have never moved past our hurts, our habits, our hang-ups, our addictions. Some of us are still nursing wounds of yesteryears. Some of us are still wearing the tattered garments of bitterness and disappointments. I come by to tell somebody it's a new year. It's time for a new you. And it's time to go shopping and buy you some new clothes. Lay aside every weight that so easily entangles you and run the race that's been set before you. It's time to shake off those heavy bands and lift up holy hands and let all God's people praise the Lord. Now we meet a guy by the name of Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus is blind. He's sitting by the wayside. He hears Jesus is coming, and he starts shouting, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. All the church people said, shut your mouth, Bartimaeus. You're being disrupted. We ain't at a Pentecostal church. This noise ain't acceptable. We in a nominal church. Don't talk. Only the preacher talks in this church. We don't even like to listen to him half the time, so just keep it shut so we can get down with this. The longer you talk, the longer he talks. You're messing this up for all of us. Gilligan's is calling. Or the watermark, if you're going with Shane and Lori. But the reality of it is, Bartimaeus wasn't going to let the judgment of the church decide who he praised, how he praised, and where he praised. It would do the church good if we weren't worried about who's sitting beside us and what they think, but we know we came in this house and gathered in his name to worship him. I don't care if you're sitting by your wife. I don't care if you're sitting by your child. I don't care if you're sitting by somebody you've never seen before a day in your life. You didn't come to church to make them happy. You came to church to worship God. It'd be good if the church stopped worrying about what everybody beside them was doing, and we worshiped the reason we're here was to worship God. It would do us good to worship him. And Bartimaeus cried louder. They said again, be quiet. He cried louder. They, be quiet. Jesus heard him. Notice what happens. Jesus summoned him, asked him what he wanted to do. But when he summoned him, this is the scripture you read. When they told Bartimaeus that Jesus was calling for him, they come to him and said, Bartimaeus, Jesus has heard you crying. Come on. They're disgruntled. They're church council members. I'm just kidding. Not our church, other churches. I'm just saying people in general. Our church council members are phenomenal. They I don't think they've ever really told me no on anything yet. And I'm sure it's coming one day cuz I come up with these grandiose ideas. They're phenomenal men of God. But but when they these these men come Bartimaeus goes, "Notice what Bartimaeus does. He didn't just get up and walk. What did he do? He changed the clothes. He threw aside his garment. He got rid of a beggar garment." <laughs> why, preacher? Well, I'm tell you why. Because Beggar's garments were issued by the government of that day. It was a form of a welfare system or a caste system. It represented or screamed, the government has pity on me. Boy, don't we have some of that in the United States. (laughs) Bartimaeus had to be dependent on the generosity of others for his livelihood. He couldn't survive without the government. That's a sad place to be sometimes. Because the government ain't always looking out for you, church. Just going to let you know that they ain't always looking out for your best interest now I'm not saying if you need things and you have to apply for TANF and things like that I understand certain situations but I'm telling you the government is not looking out for the best interest of God's people I'm just telling you that today the reality of it is he knew that as he, if he goes to Jesus with a beggar's garment he's still identifying himself as a beggar but he came to church that Sunday with an expectation I'm not staying a beggar I'm coming expecting, not being a beggar, not expecting of alms, but I'm expecting a touch from a hand from another dimension that nobody else can can do. I'm expecting to hear from Jesus. So he threw aside the garment that associated himself. See, sometimes we don't recognize destiny knocking at our door because we're so focused on wrapping ourselves in our past. There's a reason windshields are bigger than rearview mirrors. Because the design of the windshield is to be wide so that you can see everything in front of you because the design is to keep moving forward. Nobody should be driving like this. The rear view mirror is smaller because that's not your focal point. That's just a reference point. The focal point is what's in front of you, not what's behind you. Jesus said, whoever man puts his hand to the plow and looks back is what? Not fit for the kingdom. Jesus never decided for you to do this the rest of your life. You go home this this week or next week or whenever to cut your grass and turn around backwards like this and drive your lawnmower and see how great that grass turns out. You'll be done tore your neighbor's fence, down, run through it, and end up in their kitchen asking for a glass of water because you drove through their vinyl siding house. I've never done that before, but I've come close. Except it was my car, not the neighbor's house. And I was like, oh, Jesus, that's my car. Stop. I'm glad that lawnmower had brakes. The reality of it is he gets there. The windshield mirror, the windshield tells that, but the the, the rearview mirror has a phrase on it. Anybody know what the phrase says? Objects in mirror are closer than they appear. Can I tell you in life, there will be things that come up on you sooner than you expect them. There will be things you never seen coming and they'll blindside you because you never saw them coming. But I'm telling you, the chaos of life and all that hell throws your way is not to derail you off course, but to sharpen your determination to make heaven your final destination more than ever before. Yeah, there'll be things that come up from the left and from the right and to the side you may not see coming. But if you let Jesus just keep driving the boat and flying the plane, you'll get there. It might not be a smooth ride all the time, but he'll land you safely on the ground when this is all said and done. Many times Jesus rode in choppy waters on boats, but the boat never sank, church. Hello. Mr. Carroll, make your way. It just makes people feel better. So what are you saying Bartimaeus teaches us? The attire of your former won't fit the wardrobe of your future. If Bartimaeus gets healed, guess what he now has to do? Be responsible because he can't be on the welfare system because he is a healthy, able body to work. So Bartimaeus can't go sit on the side of the road and wrap up a garment, a beggar, when he doesn't have a reason to beg anymore. Some people like to just nurse their past when God said, get over it and move forward in your future. I don't design for you to stay in your past. So he pulls off the garment because the garment of being a beggar doesn't apply to the wardrobe of a future if Bartimaeus wanted to stay a beggar then he doesn't have a future he's going to be always a beggar he only has a future by the power of Jesus Christ but then the last one today is a guy that you may have heard of his name is Jesus Christ he is beaten beyond recognition unmercifully he dies on a cruel cross in Calvary he's thrown in a borrowed tomb three days later some of his disciples show up at the tomb in John 20. Now watch this story. When John and Peter arrived to the tomb he stepped down and looked in. look at what he saw church. Clothes. He saw the linen cloth lying there. But he did not go in. Then Simon came following him and went into the tomb and when he saw what? The clothes. The linen cloth lying there. And he saw The head wrap that's been around him. Not lying with the clothes. But folded together in a place all by itself. Look at what he said. All by itself. What are you telling me? The rags of rejection will lead you to a robe of righteousness. I read you the scripture this morning. He wants to give you robes of righteousness. You say, Pastor, my family's abandoned me. My friends abandoned me. It seems like since I've given my heart to Jesus Christ, everything's went wrong. That's probably the best place you can be because that means the devil knows what you're about to get. He knows you're about to be endued from power from on high, that which the Holy Ghost has come upon you to make you witnesses in Judea and Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world. The devil doesn't fight against himself because a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. If you're not walking through trouble and you're not facing adversity, that means the devil ain't afraid of you. But if you say today, Pastor, I'm going through some stuff, lift up your hands because God's getting ready to clothe you with righteousness. That's going to make hell afraid of you. It's going to make hell shudder when you walk in the room. He had a wardrobe change. He left the rags of rejection and put on a robe of regency. But can I tell you something? Brother Gaines, we're all going to get a new wardrobe. Because the Apostle Paul says this in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump of God, for the trumpets will sound, and the dead in Christ will rise incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. What's going to happen? I'm not going to be wearing a Joseph A. Bank suit. I'm not going to be wearing a Jeffrey Bean suit. I'm not going to be wearing a, a Van Cusen cufflink shirt. No, I'm wearing a robe that there ain't nothing Joseph A. Bank can make that's going to be that expensive. I'm going to get a crown that's laid with so much gold that the treasuries of this earth can't abide. I'm going to have a wardrobe like you've never seen. I'm sorry to say this, but I don't care what your closet looks like, but boy I can't wait to see what's in my heavenly closet. There's going to be some fine clothes that's in there and some designer brands designed by the Holy Ghost himself, designed by God himself. I'm going to put on a robe and crown and walk around all over that land. I'm going to worship the Lord because I'm going home with Jesus in a twinkling of an eye. I'm getting out of here. I'm getting new clothes changing my clothes I can't wait for them You see there's coming a day when we will be given a glorified body the robes of reward redeemed and reconciled to God you say pastor as I close what do you want me to know today this is a new year and it can be a new you have some new clothes clothes today and enough money in your bank account can buy but you can have for free see Jesus Jesus is still in the business of making alterations and creating wardrobe adjustments he is still here today he died to trade you filthy rags and tattered garments for robes of righteousness the Apostle Paul said when we come to know Christ we are a new creation old things pass away behold all becomes new We need to cast off our garments of the past, rise rise up, and be forever changed. Jesus has a new garment for you and I to wear. The Bible declares he'll give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Can I tell somebody this morning, it is time for us to choose to change our clothes. If I could ever leave you with one phrase, this is what I want to tell you. New platform church, time to put on some new shoes. It's time to put on shouting shoes. It's time to put on running shoes. It's time to put on racing shoes. It's time to run this race. God set before us, church, we're getting ready to go to a new place in this church. We're getting ready to go to a new dimension, new platform. Church, let's put on some new shoes today. Can you give the Lord praise today in the house? With every head bowed and every eye closed, Lord, I feel your presence in this house today. Father, I pray in this moment as I get ready to offer the opportunity for someone to come pray today, I pray you would start touching the hearts right now. God, I feel like I have preached your word beyond my ability because of the help of the Holy Ghost. God, let this word resonate today in the body of Christ. Speak to our hearts. With your head remain, bow your eyes closed. You say, preacher, I don't know Jesus Christ, but I want to trade my life of sin for a robe of righteousness. I want to give my heart to Jesus Christ today. I want to get out of that lifestyle and I want to live for Jesus. But you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. But you'd like to. I want you to slip your hand up. No one looking around but me and Jesus. Are there any? I just want to look at this moment. We won't tear it, but for a moment. God bless you. My final clarion call is this. Somebody, they say, Pastor, I'm going through some things in my life. I got some things that I'm dealing with. There's a lot that's happening. Maybe you have you're in a season of pain maybe you feel like everything's falling apart around you or just maybe you want God to bless you in a way that he's not done before but you say pastor I just want to be prayed for today I want you to pray for me today you don't have to tell me the need but I just want you to pray for me today I want you to lift your hand wherever you are say pastor I have a need I, I just want you to pray for me yes brother, yes brother, yes brother God bless you, yes brother, God bless you yes my dear sister God bless you, God bless you, God bless you this is what I'm going to ask you to do if you're physically able I'm going to ask those that have raised their hand, if they don't mind, to come stand beside me and hold my hand. I know my brother in the back raised his hand. Brother James, I'm going to ask you to come hold my hand, brother. If you raised your hand, just come stand beside me and just make a link with me. Now, I've never worked for Dalton Utility Companies like Brother Randy or worked for them. God bless you, my brother. I've never worked for a, a company, and I'm not a smart person when it comes to... Electricity. In fact, Brother Dennis sent me a picture one time of a guy with a screwdriver in the breaker box and said, does anything look wrong? I said, what? I don't know stuff. But one thing I do know about electricity, it travels down a line. A line. There's one problem, though. If something happens in the line, and creates a gap. It short circuits. The power stops. And sometimes it doesn't always jump to the next spot. It just kind of stops so today what I want, and I am believing for these people standing here, some of them I know the need some of them I don't know the need I'm not God, don't profess to be, but I know that I have been praying for, I know what I've been asking God to do and I know that God is still in the miracle working business, so my philosophy is to hold these hands and I'm going to make sure there's not a break in the power and there's not a lapse in the chain. I'm going to believe that the God of my God that I serve, the Holy Spirit that I'm a part of, is going to just transform all the way down this line. And there are going to be miracles that take place. There are going to be stories of God doing what we can't even fathom or comprehend. So here's what I need you to do. If you feel comfortable, I want you to come and stand behind one of these precious people, if you don't mind, and pray with me so that this circuit doesn't fall off, that we keep this circuit together, because I believe that God is still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And if there's ever been a time we sure need it, the Lord, my God, we sure do need him now. And I believe that God can do exceedingly abundantly above that which our mind can think or comprehend. So if you're in your pew or you're standing behind me today, I just want you to let's pray together like the world depended on it, like our life depended on it, and let's get a hold to God, God in the mighty name of jesus christ our lord god i feel you in this house today i have preached the word of god to the best of my ability but oh my god i stand in the gap for my dear brothers and sisters and everyone that stands in this life from the james family to brother barnes to brother Gaines to the craven family to brother james falk and others god that are in this light i pray that the glory of almighty god walks into this room the power of the holy ghost Makes himself known in this room. And oh God, we see you high and lifted up. I pray for miracles i pray for deliverance i pray for financial breakthroughs i pray for blessings i pray for the redemptive power of jesus christ to change and chastise and transform us right now in the presence of almighty god god right now i pray heaven come down in glory to fill the souls of these men and women oh god your word says you're the same yesterday today and forevermore i believe That you're my portion. I believe that you're my helper. For God, I believe you said that if you were faithful and just to do it for others, you'll still do it today. God, I believe it. And I believe in it for my brothers and sisters. Let God, let the man, let every man be a liar. But let God be true. And let his enemies be scattered. But let God be God. And let God, you never change. For God, we commit this in the loving arms of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord and the people of God together said, amen amen now can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise in expectancy for what God's going to do God bless you brothers God bless you guys may be seated today in the presence of the Lord before Brother Randy comes leads us in our benedictory prayer I want to pray this prayer of blessing over you today we normally do it in a song format I'm going to ask those that help me if they'll help me today We'll be singing and if those in the media department will put it up for us but I want us to do this together the Lord bless you and keep you make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord turn his face toward you and give you let's declare this so be it amen unto the Lord Amen. 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 Oh, let's sing that together to the Lord one more time. Amen. 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 Let this be our prayers. Tatum, if you'll throw that scripture. Let's say, it, Church. Let the words of our mouth meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord my strength and my redeemer before Brother Randy comes, let me say I love you I'm praying for you, we will not have p.m. service tonight my son is getting baptized tonight at his mother's church he asked me this week, I didn't even know about it but he asked me this week he said, Daddy, are you going to come see me get baptized? I said, Son, I'll quit my job, but I'll be there if I have to. But I'm going to see you get baptized. So you can get mad, sad, glad. You can do homemade Bible study. You can fire me. You can change the name of the sign. But I will not be here because I'm going to see Micah get baptized tonight. So you go whatever you want. But me and Jesus are going with Micah to church tonight to see him make that profession of faith to Jesus Christ. And so. We're going to be there tonight and tied up with that. It was just too much to change everything short of notice. So we'll be back fully on Wednesday night with our midweek Bible study in the fellowship hall and next Sunday morning. All our guests, Brother and Sister Gaines, God bless you. We're glad to have you. Brother Steele, we're so glad you're here. Jordan, we're glad to see you, buddy. And everybody else, our couple in the back, God bless you for being here today. We're so honored to have you. All of the rest of you, we're glad to see you, too, because if you didn't come, it gets hardly really hard to preach to open air. So thank you for coming. I love you. God bless you, Brother Randy.